Man, I'll tell you what, I've been paying attention to the data points in the charts, and I got to admit that it's not looking too good. So the safest thing that I can probably do is just stay uh, locked in this closet. What's up, everybody? Today we have one of the biggest staples in Austin music. Today we have Rickshaw, Billy's Burger Patrol. I'm going to read you a little intro on these guys uh, because I've been sleeping on them for a long time. I'm loving everything that I'm hearing. So let me give you guys a quick down and dirty for uh, for those that aren't familiar with uh, the Burger Patrol. Um, they're a groove-driven hard rock outlet that, uh, that harks from, excuse me, harks back to the palpable blues undercurrent of Queens of the Stone Age and Fu Manchu matched with the cutting high-end vocal grit reminiscent of Ozzy Osbourne and Jack White. And I will say I definitely got the Jack White vibes, so thumbs up on that one, guys. Uh, also, the music itself taps into a wide range of demographics, taking a light-hearted but morally eye-opening stance on quote-unquote swept-under-the-rug topics of discussion to create real human atmosphere and depth. The Burger Patrol's tonal landscape is largely largely attributed to their fuzzed-out eight-string guitars, an asset still largely untapped outside the realm of progressive heavy metal. I can uh, vouch for that because the ones and zeros are just, they're in, they've been in, and to hear it in this atmosphere definitely uh, perks perks up my, my uh, auditory stuff. <laughs> Uh, but as far as Burger Patrol, they tap into the the genus of rock styles in an age where overtly computerized music has sucked out the raw. Whoa, that is a word I haven't seen in a long time. Is that euphony? Euphony? What is it? E u p h o n y. Euphony. No, man, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So again, thanks for, uh, we're actually doing this via zoom. So all the guys could be here today. All right, after technical difficulties, we're back because the internet's crowded. So today, <laughs> again, we are uh, we had to shut down Zoom and switch over to Facebook. You know, do do what we got to do. Um, so you guys are saying that the you guys had three shows that were booked and they got canceled because of the COVID. And what what was out of those? Were any of them? I guess. Were you pretty bummed? I know you're pretty bummed about all all of them, but was there one that you were kind of looking forward to? Three tours. Oh, tours! Oh shit! Yeah, like six. So it was was about nine weeks worth of shows. Holy crap! Yeah. Yeah. So we were doing the West Coast for the first time. We were supposed to go out with Green Beard, 
um, which are homies of ours. And that was in April. That was gone immediately. Yeah. We were supposed to be on the East Coast for the first time now. Almost, I, I think like today, heading back now. I think today would have been the last day of, of the June tour. And then we would have been uh, West Coast again in, in August or September. Yeah. So, I mean, we would have been well over 100 shows this year, which, you know, going out every other month um, was the goal. And uh, just that having that momentum like pulled out from underneath us kind of sucked a lot. Yeah. So just re-evaluating everything and focusing it on writing a full-length album for the first time instead of, you know, doing a four or five song EP, releasing it, and then going back out and hitting shows. And now we had, you know, three or four months to put together what will, looks like will be an eight song full length. Um, with all the bells and whistles on it, which is something that I'm glad we had the time to to do. So now, do you guys book? Do you guys book your? Out of it. That's 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 the good. We got a lot of we got a lot of new stuff for for the set list when we come back. So that's going to be exciting. A lot of new stuff to play in front of people that people haven't heard yet. So it'll be it'll be cool to see how that goes over. So it's now with everything. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, aside from losing, basically the entire year's worth of tours, which is, I, I, I'm, I'm terribly sorry that you guys are, are going through that. It, it's, it's, it's just, it, it's the same thing on repeat. Whenever I call the bands, it's man, our tours got canceled this, that, and the other, but it's cool to see the, the after effect, like, okay, we can't go on tour. What are we going to do now? And like you said, yeah, you guys right. are tracking some new stuff and whatnot. Were, were, was anybody, let me just ask this. Has anybody, or do you know anyone that actually has, uh, contracted the virus. Uh, I knew some people back home in Georgia, uh, like but and like North Florida that got it. Like two people. Um, uh, one was not severe at all. I don't. I think they were tested and quarantined and just kind of kept to themselves, and it, it wasn't a big deal. And uh, one of them was hospitalized and like intubated and oh wow, died. Uh, but he's recovered now fully and, and it is cool so um so how old was that person um gosh tommy was he's probably like elderly late 40s okay 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 yeah because a lot of the numbers that that are coming out a lot are in the the nursing care or the assisted living care so the older mm -hmm. plus you know underlying health conditions so on and so forth we could go on about you know universal health care and all that fun stuff but that's for another day um because <laughs> Whoa, man, this political climate is, it's like the best daytime drama I'd never wanted to watch, you know? <laughs> so as far, uh, how about your jobs? Um, we don't have to know exactly what you do, but you can tell as, as much or as little as you want to. Uh, what does everybody do for a day job? And has, has anybody been affected, furloughed, laid off, split shifts, stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, we, we all, when the, when the quarantine hit, we all, I mean, none of us got full-on pink slip. Uh, we just we just stopped working oh, when you got well, yeah, yeah we were like laid off so you could collect unemployment. Yeah. but I'm, I mean, I bartend. I'm back. I've been back at work for four weeks now. Okay. Um, at like a fine dining seafood restaurant. Ooh. Um, you went back to work. Yeah, I've been week. I've been back to work for a week driving the delivery truck for my deli. So. Um, I uh, I'm an optician. I work in a lab. 
um, and I got I, I was back. <laughs> yeah, I, I was back at work. I guess what month ago? Month ago, probably in like very very limited capacity. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm in the automotive industry, and I actually never left work. We did split shifts about two months ago, but we've been back full time and I can definitely see like my, cause I get base, I get paid based off the jobs that I do, not the time that I'm there. So I can definitely see an an up, you know, kind of like Texas's, you know, coronavirus cases or, you know, my, my hours are steadily going up. So I feel like there's some sort of normalcy returning uh, to the Austin area and I definitely, I definitely am happy about that because people are getting, you know, getting back to work. They are putting, you know, their hard earned dollars back into the economy, so on and so forth. And, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go to a show. And I was really sad that I missed a chance to see you guys at the noise factory doing your, uh, your live sessions. Um, can you guys talk about that? How, how all that went down and transpired thoughts? So, um, so that was a year that was like about a year, year ago, ago when, when we filmed it a year ago so that was holy shit well, yeah. behind that the curve that was as we were releasing uh the grease bcp yeah so we knew briggs briggs, briggs. Shri- yeah what's the last name trader trader um he would come to our shows and really dug in and then asked us to you know organize something with noise factory doing the live setup knowing that you know he has crazy video gear and that studio is wild really nice and eric's Um, really cool yeah so letting them uh just going in there and doing the live thing and having them record it and do some of their stuff was was cool it was a a cool experience we were the first one right uh yeah it was us and and then hikes Uh, yeah yeah hikes yep well, my apology for not doing my homework. I, for some reason, just got caught up in the Noise Factory sessions, and I remember just keep. I kept scrolling through the YouTube channel and found you guys and watched the session. Plus, Saul was really talking you guys up. He said you guys did a really killer job. Uh, and again, your guys' music is is not, or I'm not. It it was not in my wheelhouse. I would probably say a year ish ago, but then I started getting into bands like Monteluna and some other mm-hmm. fun bands. And I've kind of slowly progressed. And that's kind of why I like doing this. Cause I'm, I'm really, really starting to educate myself and fall in love with local music stuff, uh, all over again. So I, I greatly appreciate your guys's talent and you know, that as you guys called it, that fuzzy, that whatever the tone is on that guitar. It's like a buzz saw, like a cat. A growling cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever it is, it works for me, and I'm pretty sure it works for other other people as well. Um, you guys were named best uh, one of one of the top bands for local metal in 2018 and 2019. How do you how do you guys? I guess how do you guys operate on a day to day? Because again, for me, I guess. Maybe it's just because I didn't follow like y'all's like genre of music that I just missed out on all the fun. So you guys have a really good, really big following here locally. So like, where's your guys? Uh, where's a good place that you guys like to go and play at? Uh, our two home bases, I would say, are our Swan Dive and Hotel Vegas. Oh, nice! Hotel Vegas is a is a very good um, spot. And now, uh, Sean the sound guy booker from swan dive will be doing sound at far out lounge uh down off of south congress and we already have two to three shows booked there in july and august 
Oh, wow. Okay. So, and that's, a, that's an outdoor spot. Yeah. So that's three acres yeah. of land. Because that's that's where gigs are coming back first, is the, at least or at least in the city, is the, the spots where the bands can play outside. That's where they're starting, things are starting. They're like, we're getting a lot of those offers. I'm doing some side work at outdoor spots. Like, so that's that's where the music's going to be okay. for at least the rest of the summer. I mean, it definitely makes sense because in the inside, like I actually got to go to see um, uh, Fire from the Gods just did their their live their live stream. I went there and checked it out, but I had some other business to take care of with uh, with with Anthony from Come and Take It. But I know that, like you said, the live the 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 venues that have space outside that definitely makes more sense. So, do you guys think what 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 are you guys looking forward to, or what do you guys think is going to to uh, I guess unfold in the coming months as far as shows? Uh, <laughs> so it's going to be, you know, like I said, it's going to be outdoor stuff is going to be the majority thing. And, you know, I, you know, people are going to be dunking their toes in trying the, trying the indoor thing. Um, we've got one or two indoor ones. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's too hard to predict. Yeah. Like we're just keeping, I'm, I mean, I'm keeping ears to the ground on the out of town stuff we do to, to try and stay connected with that and see what, you know, things are looking like there. But yeah. at least while the weather is nice for the next few months, like it's going to be outdoor shows, barbecues, backyard <laughs> parties, like um, at the same time too, a lot of these venues, it's becoming crunch time for them to either start doing shit or you're going to, closed down permanently and we've already seen a lot of closures in town uh yes and it sucks and i already know this you know the writing's on the wall for a couple more if they don't continue reopening everything so it kind of just yeah. seems like you know even though the cases of coronavirus and all that are getting worse it's just everything's gonna just keep opening up no matter what which is i don't know i don't really have any I mean, I know whenever I talk about it at work or amongst other other musicians or bands that I talk to, it, it is it, it's something that I, I know I've personally never lived through. I think the majority of America has never lived through something like this where the government is just like, uh, stay the fuck home because yeah. we don't know what's happening and everyone's lying to us and hydroxychloroquine is a miracle drug and all this other fun stuff, but... It's just, it is sad to see all the local venues just shutting down. Like I know, uh, like Barracuda, I believe Barracuda went down, um, a couple other ones, but it's just, it does suck because I know that local bands like you guys and and a bunch of the other ones are like, like you guys are the glue that holds, holds all of this together for, for a lot of people. So I definitely appreciate you guys, um, continuing to do what you do. And I'm, I'm really sad that you guys didn't get to go tour, um, but speaking about tour, where can you guys uh, explain like where you were going on the east and the west coast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so west coast we were going out. Um, so we were going out uh, on the April one. We were going out with Green Deer, and that was going to be you know you go out through West Texas and then through New Mexico and Vegas. And on that run, we were going into LA, up to Oakland and Sacramento, and then back over the top through like um, through Utah and um colorado and then down oklahoma into i think we were doing denton and then college station and then back to austin and east coast is kind of the same deal we've been going east 
for like the last year or so kind of like slowly making connections out through like Louisiana and Tennessee and Alabama and the Carolinas and stuff like that. And so the one that we were supposed to be on right now, we we're hitting all those spots, like, you know, Fayetteville, Arkansas, Nashville, all that stuff on the way out. And then Leo and I are from Boston. So we were going, we were going to take it all the way back home and do New York and Providence and Boston and New Jersey and Baltimore and Raleigh. <laughs> Just all these cities. Mississippi. Then we were going to, we play out in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana a lot. They got a great room called uh, the Freetown Boom Boom Room, which is like the spot for heavy bands to play in, in, uh, in Louisiana. And so then, you know, we go down there a lot. We love it. Um, They're actually open back up now. Yeah. We're yeah. supposed to be playing out there July 3rd. Yeah. So, oh, wow. So you guys are going to venture out here pretty soon, huh? Yeah, yeah. We're going to do Lafayette on the 3rd and then July 4th we'll be in Galveston for like a, one of our good friends out there just bought a house and has a pool and stuff. So we're going to do like outdoor pool party thing. Oh, hell yeah. And then we'll be at Bar Out Lounge on the 5th. Yeah. So trying to keep the social distancing thing going and, try to just get out of town and see everybody that we've been seeing for the last year and a half when we started doing the tours and uh, checking in on everybody. You know? yeah. It's almost like, like you said, you, you guys are starting to dip your toes back into the tour life, right? Yeah. Just, just testing the waters. Cause it's, it's unrealistic. I think that anytime within the next like month or two, they'll be able to, you know, do us up like a full, like three, four week tour. I think that's, that's a little too, it's a little too much with all the organization and if places are going to open up or not. And then if they are, when are they going to do shows? Are they going to do weekday stuff? So just doing like little weekends, like little three day runs to places where we have homies and, you know, people we miss seeing and people we miss playing with just little jaunts like that. I got just you. So we can the gears rolling on that while we're, you know, finishing up the record. Well, yeah, man. Let's 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 touch on that. That's a perfect little segue there. I know you. you we spoke about the new song that's out. Let's. Uh, uh, I'll just let you guys take over. I, it doesn't matter who talks. But uh, you guys got a new single out, and you got all the all the new jams on the EP coming out. When I guess uh, what what's the writing process like for you guys, and, and and what can the what can the listeners expect coming coming soon? So the writing process has more or less stayed the same since we first started writing. So we're currently in the studio room that we record everything in. This is in the house that I live in. Um, so usually, like my background is in audio engineering. That's what I went to school for. So I have my Pro Tools rig set up, you know, over here. And um, I'll write riffs and do program drums to them, send them over to Sean, get thoughts uh, on, you know, stuff just yeah how, how it, <laughs> how's this how sound how flowing am i because i'm on a drummer like this is part make even makes sense to play kind of shit um and just try to if i find a good riff then i usually try to look for uh a vocal melody that will go along with that and that's where i know like all right this is going to be something i use this is something i'm not going to be able to use can i play it at the same time and then just build off of there is this a is this a bridge part? Is this a, a verse? Is this a chorus? And then piece it all together. So it's all framed out on like a grid on Pro Tools. And I just, you know, piecing all these things together. Once I get uh, a full thing, 
I mean, I'm always sending them back and forth to these guys on Slack or Google Drive or whatever. Um, Aaron had, had been a fan of the band bef- for years before he was in the uh, before he was the bass player. Oh, okay. So he, already knew, he already knew all the songs, knows how the structure. Like, we write songs similarly. I feel like because he's in a he has his own project called Death Layer. That's, I mean, but um, yeah, I, I let him do his thing on bass. I'm not. I'm, I know. <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> you're gonna play this part. it's kind of, I guess, collaborative once it gets past the initial seed or idea, and once you've got something that you know you can, you know, that's gonna go over, uh, you know, when we play it live, then I guess Sean and I kind of get get to do the thing on yeah. it, and uh, yeah, we practice it out and bitch about it and. So, so, so basically, you come up with riffs first versus lyrics, or like Sean, you don't come up with like a drum section. I mean, like, like so you're basically saying you go first, and then it just all kind of falls into place. Yeah, yeah. riff first as a groove. Is there a vocal pattern that'll work over it? Usually, I'm not even writing the lyrics. Initially, I'm just humming uh, a melody, and then I'll figure out later on what the lyrics are. The lyrics are usually the last piece of it all. Okay. Um, the most time consuming for me, at least, because I just get really specific and nitpicky on rhyme schemes and alliteration and like all this stupid, like, like poetic rhythmic pattern stuff that no one ever notices except for me. So not that you can really understand half of what I'm saying anyway. So it's it's, it's more, it's more for me, I guess, but. Okay. I will say Mm -hmm. that whenever I talk to people about the bands that I either interview or that I'm in love with or that I'm vibing to this week or next week or whatever. I'm a fan of the music first. Like if the music can, can talk to me wherever I'm at in the car at work, chilling at the house late night, whatever, if I can vibe to the music, then that's when I start diving into the lyrics, unless the lyrics are just blatant. Yeah. Unless the lyrics are just blatantly out there and you're, and you can definitely get them. But for example, like I have grave digger, grave digger stuck in my head that just grave digger, just that, <laughs> you know, what you just did is what so many people do. Like if you like, yeah, you're, even when you're out of the show, that's not your show. People will be like, they will be like, nah, 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 or like, they like throw a line at you. And it's so funny and it's pretty cool actually. But, uh, just that nasally stupid sounding thing that, I didn't really take seriously has become this thing that uh, it's funny, but like it connects with people at the same time, you know, the sense of of humor involved in it is just as important, you know, because it's supposed to be a little lighthearted and a little, you know, poking fun at ourselves and and others. And uh, at the same time saying important things that uh, just connect with people. And it's not like aggressively yelling at somebody and being like, I'm this aggressive band. It's we're all in this together. Let's jump around and, and, you know, get in the mosh pit and uh, let off some steam. Well, I can tell you the ass, the, the, the back end of Gravedigger, like rest in peace, my chairs. Cause that was definitely <laughs> like that, that just, I, and, and I think that's where I made the connection because it kind of had uh, a little more to, to me, it, it, it had some elements of other types of genres of music that I was currently into or, or whatever so it, it it was an easy transition and then mm-hmm. i just put the whole pl- then i just put your whole discography on play 
And um, I really feel bad for the guy that works next to me sometimes because I'm like, hey, dude, check this band out. You know, <laughs> but he actually I told him, I said, hey, man, if you're into this, like kind of groovy, just kind of laid back kind of stuff, I was, I was like, give us a listen. And I and I played Gravedigger and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can. Who is this? I was like, Rickshaw cool. Billy's Burger Patrol. He was like, man, I don't OK. Like, what? <laughs> What yeah. did you just say? <laughs> so, okay, let's let's add because that that's a question on my mind. I'm sure um, you know there's a handful of people out there. How how did you come up with this? You've probably been asked this a million times, but let's do it a million yeah. and one. <laughs> the, the name? How? Where did the name come from? Yes, sir. Um, just a joke. <laughs> yeah, really bad. Uh, I wasn't doing a metal project at the time. I was doing like solo like electronic funk shit for years and i missed doing a heavier project we were in a like a jokey punk thrash crossover band that wasn't really a serious thing but uh i was like listen i was listening to some band and uh like i'm gonna go home and write a kind of lo-fi fun bouncy rock tune and wrote kill for the thrill in one sitting and I went to lay down and take a nap and that name just came at, came to my head and I wrote it down in a post-it note and uh, then I didn't know how to release the song because I didn't have a name for it and that was the name that I wrote just subcon- like somewhere in my subconscious that was just a thing that I was like alright that works and released it and uh, then just I had I mean it at the beginning, I didn't have any intention of continuing to write shit under that name. Sure. But then it just, it was fun and it was fulfilling something that I hadn't been doing in a while. I mean, I grew up playing in metal bands. I was always doing that shit and never could find anybody that wanted to do what I wanted to try to accomplish. And uh, then Sean came into the picture with wanting to do drums for the, for the project because I was just doing all the parts myself. And uh, then it just turned into this thing. And we, wrote the first six songs and released it on the first EP and we were a four piece at first and you know kind of just never stopped from there we've been playing not up until the pandemic we were playing non-stop um yeah so if we weren't on the road we were playing once twice a week yeah in town or you know out in like college station i i definitely i definitely saw saw i saw y'all come across my newsfeed multiple times show here show here show here show yeah. here the overplaying thing that people are always concerned about it's not it's been not an issue for us honestly like our homies come out our people turn out we play every week you guys have a draw people, yeah yeah and it's yeah and playing more allows us to meet new people and have yeah. more of a fan base so it's you know, maybe we don't have as many Instagram numbers or Facebook followers or all that shit, but like we have like a real grassroots fan base that we can't wait to get back and party with when we play live. So hopefully going into July and August with these four or five shows we have booked that it's good to go and that we can uh, start to resume uh, what we were doing and kind of get back into our identities again. Cause like, Ooh. I've been sitting here in front of a computer being like, fuck, I don't know what the hell I'm doing anymore. <laughs> I'm writing and writing, but it's like, man, like, I, you know, you can become so defined by 
doing the thing and now you can't do the thing that you're that I feel like I'm supposed to have been doing my entire life. But I, I do, I do waiting, like waiting game. I do like that part where you're like, where you said, you know, the, the whole identity thing, um, you, you like the name resonates, the sound has its own vibe. And I, I know, and, and just from, just from doing a, a brief little background check on you guys, like you guys, like you said, definitely have that core grassroots fan base that is just itching to get back out to a burger patrol show. And I just would like to know how do you think your first show back is going to go wherever it happens at? Um, I know everybody wants it to go well. What but... is the first show back? <laughs> uh, far out? Well, it's Lafayette. Or, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess in well, town probably would be. I think there's going to be a shit ton of people there. Yeah, it's, I mean, it has the space. It had like yeah. anyone who's worried about social distancing. It's on a three acre plot of land. Yeah. There's the, there's not going to be a stage. We're going to be like on a concrete. Oh, we're not going to be on the stage? No, it's it's further back from the stage. Okay. There's going to be a stage built there eventually, but on so the fifth, there won't be a stage yet. So we're going to be on the ground, on a concrete slab with everybody around us. Like, <laughs> that sounds perfect. And that, that, that bill, it's mm-hmm. us, it's Greenbeard, it's dual. Uh, it's a huge green, red yeah. beard wall. Like, is Buzz Lightyear on that one? Yes. Yep. Montalona? No. no. It's. It's gonna be good. It's they, gonna be, it's so. gonna be worth it, is what you're saying. Some yeah. heavy hitters on there. So, I, so it's not just us or like <clears throat> our like the people that come out to our shows. It's it's us and all the homies and all their people. So it, and we share a lot of the same. It's yeah. just gonna be it's it's gonna be a it's big family shit, you know? Yeah. Like just kind of just kind of like, one big family reunion, huh? Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. I feel like that's a lot of what the the metal scene is like, or the rock scene is like in Austin. Is everybody, you know? Helps each other out. Uh, there's, everybody love everybody. Yeah, yeah, like if you if this one band does this thing and it helps them out, it helps you out indirectly as well. Yeah. Like you're not, no one's better than anybody else. No one's, you know. There's, I mean, there are, you know, sometimes there are egos involved, but not. Oh yes. Often, <laughs> way less than other well, areas. Way, yeah, way less yeah. than you think because as long as you're as long as you're doing the hard work that everybody is hopefully holding each other accountable to do. Yeah. Uh, everyone's cool yeah and like everybody's what yeah. makes it go around everybody came here from other places more or less other places around the country to move to austin to do the music thing so having kind of you know having that outcast sort of mentality all these outcasts come together and create that like sense of belonging that you were looking for in the first place yeah uh, so so uh sean you mentioned you guys were from boston yeah so what what was the driving factor to come down here was it music? Yeah, I mean, I, I moved out here after college with um, the band that I was playing in at the time. They were like, I was finishing up school. And they were like, hey, we're moving to Austin in the fall. Like, you coming? I was like, yeah. <laughs> was that <laughs> easy? <laughs> and, then, and so seven years ago. Like, and then I was doing solo shit and was touring by myself and came down here. Uh, we didn't know each other beforehand. Yeah. Um, we okay. lived about half hour away, away from each other and knew similar people. But then I moved into the apartment, same apartment complex. I was his upstairs neighbor and we just met at a party Oh, and we're like, Oh shit, you know, this person yeah. like, and then we, that's where it all started. So that was six, six years ago. Yeah. About six years ago. Damn. Okay. And then, and then for my man, my fan turned band member in the back, how, how did that play out? Uh, yeah, I'm from Georgia. Um, I've been, I played in a group out there and, uh, 
as that dissolved, I was looking to do something else. Kind of finally got pushed into a corner by my parents, I guess, to go ahead and, and do something. Uh, so, uh, Get out of the house. <laughs> Get out of the house. Uh, yeah, so I yeah, flipped the coin. You know, Austin won out. It was either here in Nashville. Oh. And uh, Austin won out, so I came out here. And, uh, yeah, I, I moved in with Sean, actually. Um <laughs> And uh, it's a really long story. It's a really crazy, yeah. like, twist of fate. Like, <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll, and, like, we'll save that one for the in person interview whenever, whenever, yeah. uh, Chris, Chris allows us back into his house because we, we normally, for those listening, we normally do these in person. We do them live, uh, on Facebook and YouTube sometimes. Um, but, but because of the social distancing stuff, uh, we're just, I'm respecting my co host's wish and not, uh, not coming over to his pad. We do everything kind of like we're doing it now. So I think uh, I definitely think that'll be a story for for an in person. We'll probably schedule that yeah. later this yeah. year sometime. But uh, uh, yeah. long and short is uh, it came over here to play and to find people that wanted to be on the road playing all the time. Have you found those people? Uh, I think yeah. so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got one foot in the grave, and uh, that's yeah. <laughs> we just want to get back in the minivan and on the road. Yeah. I can I can definitely that, that that is the probably one of the biggest resounding repeats that I keep hearing is like uh, you know we can't wait to get back out in front of our fans you know we've done you know like most people I'm pretty sure you guys did a lot of a lot of uh uh writing and and critiquing and retooling and all that fun stuff during the downtime and and like you said you guys have uh you know is it going to be a full length uh coming out Eight yeah. tunes, yep. Okay, so we got the single now, and then we got the full length coming. Who are you guys working with for your mix master? You just handling that, bud, or what? Oh, there me. it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I love it's all DIY. It's all contained within the three of us, pretty much. So. Yeah, I love. I and the one thing I was up at the Noise Factory a couple weeks ago, and I made the comment that. I really dig the stuff that is coming out of bedrooms and closets and, you know, the talent that that just comes out of a regular street address versus a big studio or a big producer or this and that. That's one of the cool things that I love about the awesome music scene. It is it, it is a majority DIY and, and most of the stuff is crafted in bedrooms and, and stuff like that. So it, it's just... I, I am a super fan of music like that just because I don't have any musical talent. I just have a microphone and a mixer. Um, so that's why I call people. But I definitely think that what you guys have going on is is, is really cool. It, it's got a tone. It's got a vibe. It's got – it just – this this ambiance just surrounds you whenever you listen to your to your music. And, I, and so I just, you know, hats off to you guys. Thanks, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. So um, uh, on the full length – um, coming out and we'll, and we'll just, we'll just close with, we'll just close with this and shout outs. What was, what was the driving force behind the new, the new single or, or was it just kind of a whim kind of thing? Where did that idea come from? I think I had that idea for just badass burger headed female aliens killing everybody on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, what was the name imagery, again? Imagery, huh? What was the name again? I'm sorry. Burger Babes from Outer Space is the name of the album, but it's the name of the single as well. Burger Babes from Outer Space. And uh, you guys can find, uh, for everybody listening, you can find that on uh, Bandcamp right now, correct? Yeah, Bandcamp and SoundCloud, it's up. 
okay. then Spotify as, as soon as CD Baby. Hopefully in the next week. Yeah. And, um, it's in the process, but. And as far as the full length coming out, well, I, I I think you mentioned it earlier. Is it seven, eight tracks? Eight tracks. Yeah. How so, how does how does that work for you guys when you go from single to full length? Well, we had we've already we had recorded the first four songs, and we were just deciding which one was going to be the right fit for the single. And I think we chose this one because it's probably the fastest most thrashy song we've ever written okay which you know just throwing something new at somebody we wanted to get something out immediately because we know that people are get all cooped up and waiting for some new shit and yes. it's just a 90 second fucking blast track of a song that's how <laughs> people i wanted people to be like what the what the hell just happened and have to replay it immediately so just trying to give it if it's only 90 seconds it's just like a taste almost yeah it, it's a short i just i've i i kind of previewed it earlier it's a, it's a short track mm-hmm. so just some kind of weird that goes with the name to try to attach more of a of a feeling to that name the goofiness factor but also the aggressiveness factor trying to get people to hear it still the sounds it still sounds the same but like the drum mixes are a lot better the guitar tones i'm using a different amp now a different preamp to record it all through the first time aaron's been on a track his whole rig is insane oh wow this is the first time aaron you've been on a track dude yep. yeah it'll be my first like recorded material with the group so i think uh, you know after we've been on a couple tours and you kind of prove like i knew all the songs of the material but you play them differently right or right. bring a new thing to the mix and then you get into the writing mode and you get to influence that a little bit so yeah yeah because he records all like he's with his own project he's very much involved in knowing how frequency spectrum and knowing where things are supposed to fit so i can bounce shit off of him and and get a second opinion it's just trying to make everything a wall of sound at this point but also everything have its own space too so it's not just fighting each other for uh to be heard i guess so there's been a little bit of experimentation. We were on different. I mean, we. I was strictly using orange amps, and now we're both using sun amps. So that kind of changes the gain staging of it. We use a different kick drum on this. Thank God. We used a 26-inch kick on the last album, and it was really hard to mix. So we're back to a 24, which sounds a lot tighter and punchier. Okay. Um, as far as recording the overheads for the for the cymbals fucked around with some different techniques that I found were a lot more responsive, not as loose, like very more, very much more direct, but otherwise everything was pretty much the same. Some different uh, post-production techniques that I've learned um, just to create more space. But sure. It's, you know, as you keep doing mixes over and over and over again, you just learn more tricks that are going to be better suited for the sound and the tone that you're going for. So it's just, yeah, continuing to do it over and over again and trying to make it sound better. Well, I will say this. Keep up the good work because I'm glad I'm glad that I uh reinvested my time to to run through all of your all of your songs because I've I've definitely found a new it's almost like 
I, I, I match local music to feelings or, or, or how I'm, how I, yeah, yeah. How I'm feeling that day. What do I want to listen to? And I'm happy that I have like this diversity in the city. I don't have, I literally don't have to go outside the city limits. Well, I, I mean the greater Austin area, but <laughs> the fact that I can go from like grunge to pop, to indie, to gent, to deathcore to hardcore, to instrumental, to pop, acoustic it just it floors me so i try to i try to keep everything in-house support local when i can wherever i can and you guys definitely um you guys you guys have you guys have this shit man just this this thing this this and i'm telling like i don't know what it is but it definitely resonates with me and i'm pretty sure that it resonates with a lot of other people here locally so before we get out of here where can everybody find all your stuff at uh social social media all the ads and stuff like that well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're on Facebook, uh, Rickshaw Billy's Burger Patrol, uh, Instagram at Rickshaw Billy and the Boys, you know, stuff, stuff's up on Spotify. We got the Bandcamp, SoundCloud, YouTube Money. YouTube. Uh, <laughs> all, the, all the spots. Uh, LinkedIn. Shit, you got a LinkedIn profile? Google. <laughs> we're the only thing that's going to pop up, yep. yeah. which is a great happy accident. Yeah. That, Four, let's see, if it's you a type, four words. You type half. Does not exist in any other form. Yeah. Rickshaw, you got a couple of things, but as soon as the first BIL comes in, it's us. Yeah. It's us. If you type a name into Google, every single like every single link comes up, and yeah. all the songs and Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah. easy. Oh, as long as you can remember the name, it's easy to find. Yeah. All our shit. Yeah, you so. guys definitely have search engine optimization on point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Happy accidents. Well, guys, I greatly appreciate you guys taking time out to uh, to speak with me. And again, uh, this is Rickshaw Billy's Burger Patrol. They are here, locally based, out of Austin, Texas. Three piece, just groovy grunt. There's a whole lot of influences in there, but I highly, I personally highly recommend you guys to anybody. And like I said, my guy, the dude next to me, he's he's probably got a wish list full of bands to go listen to. Um, <laughs> and I just added you guys to to, to that wish list, so. I, uh, I I look forward to meeting you guys in person, coming to a show, having you guys yeah, over at the cool. studio, so on and so forth. And I really hope that your your guys' tour goes very well. Uh, I'm I'm a glass half full kind of guy, so I hope that I hope that uh, you know, no car troubles, no trailer troubles, nothing like that. You high five all your friends, come back here and just start ripping it locally. That's what we want. <laughs> I thought that was on my end. I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, warning. <laughs> uh, no worries. Well, perfect timing then. But anyway, hey, no, no, no. Again, I, I, I'm glad that I revisited the Burger Patrol family and discography. So uh, I look forward to the EP. Uh, I'm going to jam the single probably just after this to kind of get a better vibe for it. And cool. uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Good, man. All right, later, guys. All right, take care, man.